As we look at this year, I've heard over and over recently how many people were saying, I can't wait for the new year. It's got to be better than the last year. You don't know that. Just saying. But we know who holds next year in His hands. We know who holds us in His hands. Amen? So we don't, we don't approach a new year with fear. We approach it trusting our Lord and Savior. Today I am so thankful. I love the holiday season. And I want to remind you that uh, this Wednesday we will not have our normal Wednesday night because all the guys are going to be preparing the Thanksgiving meal, I'm sure. We're going to be getting ready to meet Thursday with our families and express our love and thanks to the Lord. We're, but we're entering a, a wonderful time of the year. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. And I want to remind you also that uh, this next Saturday, if you can come at 10 o'clock, we're going to be decorating the church for Christmas. And we need lots of help to make it go, go quickly and smoothly. Because we want, we want to decorate the Lord's house and make it as beautiful as we can to celebrate the greatest gift that God's ever given us. Amen? So don't forget that. This time of year, I'm very thankful. I'm thankful for a wonderful wife that God blessed me with, that's been with me for 40 years. And putting up with me for 40 years is a difficult chore, I guarantee you. But she's done it. She's, and she still loves me. It's got to be God's grace. I'm thankful for children and grandchildren. I'm thankful for the wonderful church family that we have. We have a great church family, a friendly church family, a loving church family, a passionate church family. We love the Lord and we're not ashamed to say so. And we love one another. Amen? I am thankful for our church family. All of us have so much, if we would stop and think about it, Lord, I'm so thankful for that. And I want you to enter today and just say, Lord, as we study Your Word, speak to me. I want you to pray that. Lord, just speak to me directly. What would you have me receive from Your Word today? Look at chapter 17 in Luke, and let's start with verse 11. It's the story of the ten, ten lepers that were cleansed. And it's a beautiful story. It's not that long. It's only through verse 19. But read along with me this morning. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that's Jesus, that he passed through the midst of, of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village there, met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. We're going to come back to that in a minute, but I want you to think about that. The Bible narrative says they stood afar off. They didn't come close to Jesus. They had to stay away from people. Why? Because they're lepers. They were distancing themselves. It was the law. They had to do that. Verse 13 says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when He saw them, He said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, 
when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. It's interesting also that 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 is that is put in the text. The Holy Spirit directs us to understand that the one guy that came back was a Samaritan. It refers that the other nine lepers were, were probably Jews. And they didn't come glorifying God, but the Samaritan did. Verse 17 says, So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I love this passage. And I want us to to think about this. Do we we fit into this story as the one who is, is, is received a miracle from God and the one who is going to go and express our love for the Lord? As Christians, we're gathered here today, and I think all of us have a desire to express our love for Jesus, to express how much we appreciate what He's done for us, to have a a heart that is thankful for all that God's done for us. But many times, we fall into the category of the nine, where we experience a miracle from God, and we just kind of forget about giving Him glory for it. And so when we come to this time of year, it's an opportunity for all of us to make sure, Lord, I'm going to give you all the glory. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to be thankful for what you've done. I'm going to praise you with all of my heart. In verse 19, I want us to see something. It says, And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now the the phrase there that we translate made you well in the Greek is the word sozo. It's the word that we translate saved. It's used in Romans chapter 10 verse 13 for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This guy received his physical healing But he returns to give thanks to God, glorifying Him. He falls at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Or your faith has saved you. So not only did he experience a physical healing, but he experienced a physical, spiritual healing as well. Amen? And church, I want you to... Think about this today. If you're here and you've surrendered your heart to Christ, you've welcomed Him as your Lord and Savior to come into your life, to cleanse you from all your sins, to be your Lord, you've asked Him to forgive you, guess what? You have received spiritual healing. The Bible says in John 3.3 that we're born again. Born from above is what it literally means. It's a spiritual birth. And church, there's no greater miracle you will ever receive than being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Amen? The kingdom of God's dear Son. 
That's the greatest miracle that God has provided for us. And if you're here today and you have received Him as your Lord and Savior, you have reason to shout like the leper. You have reason to fall down and worship and praise Him and give Him all thanks and all glory unashamedly. I'm thankful for that great miracle today. I want us to look at a few things in this passage. And first of all, I want us to look back at verse 15 and 16. It says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. What produces worship in our lives? Gratitude. Why did he fall down and worship? Because he was thankful he'd received a miracle from God. His life was totally transformed. He was a leper and he was made whole. He received a miracle of God. Church, every one of us has received a miracle of God. Every one of us should have a heart of gratitude that produces genuine worshipers. Are you with me? The leper expressed his love for Jesus. And note his outward expression of exuberant love for the Lord and thanksgiving and gratitude. It began in his heart. He wasn't just doing those motions and going through those things just to be doing them. It's because his heart was filled with such gratitude for the Lord. For what God had done for them, for him. So what produced that great example of worship? It was his gratitude. He was healed from leprosy. And I want to ask you, was it appropriate for him to do what he did? We know as a leper they had to stand aside stand away from everyone else it was the law they if someone came close to them they even had to cry out unclean unclean how embarrassing would that be that's like coming to church and sitting afar off from somebody and saying i'm a sinner i'm a sinner i messed up this week Imagine going through, through the, what the leper had. Unclean, unclean. Stay away from me. Don't come close to me. Don't experience what I've contracted. It was appropriate, church. It was appropriate for him to show this expression of gratitude. Not only that it was bubbling up in his heart, but physically it manifested in his life. I want us to look at some of the words in the Old Testament we don't have time to do an exhaustive study. You could actually preach a message on every one of these seven words. There's actually 11 words used in the Old Te Testament for praise, but seven of them are primary. They're the main words that are used. And I just quickly want to go through them and give you just a little context of what these words actually mean. Because sometimes we read in our Bibles praise or thanksgiving. And we really don't know the depth of the Hebrew word and what it really is calling us to do in our worship, in our thanksgiving. 
So the first word I want us to look up is uh, Toda. I didn't say Yoda for you Star Wars fans. I said Toda. (laughs) And what this word means is Thanksgiving choir. That's one of the meanings of this word. A Thanksgiving choir. Sometimes it's translated thanksgiving. Sometimes it's translated praise. But one of the, 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 the core meanings of the word is thanksgiving choir. And I want you to think about that. When we come together on a, on a Sunday morning or anytime we come together as Christians, we are forming a thanksgiving choir. Amen? Our hearts are to be in tune. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you're my deliverer. You set me free to live in freedom. Thank you, Lord, that you're my healer. Lord, thank you for all that you blessed me with. And we are a choir that gives thanks and praise to the Lord. It should be something that is on our hearts every time we gather together. Are you with me? The second word I want us to think about is Barak. And it means in Hebrew to kneel in thanksgiving. It also is a word that is is translated bless because the way that they would bless in Bible times, they would get down on a knee and whoever was blessing them would come and put their hand on their head and speak a blessing upon them. So so we, B-A-R-A-K, Barach. And in Hebrew, it means to kneel in giving thanks. It carries the idea of humbling yourself and saying, Lord, I kneel before You. You are my Master. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. You're everything I need. Amen? And I'm going to humble myself in front of my Master and say, Master, I want Your hand on my life. I want the blessing of God to be flowing into my life. How many like that idea? The third word, tequila. I didn't say tequila. Tequila. Tequila tequila might make you sing too, but it's not going to be the right singing. Tequila has to do with spontaneous singing from the heart. Uh, Years ago in a church uh, that I pastored, we had what we called Tequila Tuesday. And it was just a group of people that would come together on Tuesday nights just to sing and to worship. And they'd spend about an hour just entering into God's praise and worship and thanking Him, giving Him glory. And and many times there would be spontaneous singing. In other words, they wouldn't be singing from a hymnal. They wouldn't be singing a song that they knew. They wouldn't be singing the words on on the screen. There would just be an overwhelming a joy that would begin to bubble up in their hearts and they would just begin to sing to God. Sing a song that no one knew. It was a song that was on their heart. Lord, I love You. I praise You. I give You all my glory. You are worthy, Lord, of everything that I have. I am Yours, Lord. Just a spontaneous song bubbling up in their heart. And the Word of God commands us to do these things. These aren't seven suggestions in the Old Testament. God says, this is what I want you to do in praising Me. These are ways that your heart can express physically 
what, your, what gratitude is bubbling up in your, in your heart. The fourth word, halal. Halal. It's a Hebrew uh, word that means thanks, but it means enthusiastically loud and foolish. That's what it means. I want to ask you, how many of you have ever been foolish in your praise? David was. Remember his wife Micah jumped on him? Ridiculed him for it? And David said, I'll become even more undignified than this. Hallelujah. Enthusiastically loud. Some of us are quiet. When I get behind the pulpit, I just get loud because I'm passionate. I want to stir your heart. I want people to, to, to get what God's laid on my heart and receive it and for it to stir your heart and change your life. And so in that passion, a lot of times I just get loud. But it's biblical. Okay? Don't come and say, Pastor, you're too loud. I think you're yelling at us. No, I'm not. I'm just excited. So in being enthusiastic, it's where, halal is the word that we get hallelujah from. Hallelujah. I love that. The fifth word is yada. And it means to give thanks with extended hands. Or using your hands. So church, God's Word tells us to lift up our, our hands in the sanctuary and to bless the Lord. Here, this word means that kind of praise, that we're lifting our hands, we're not ashamed, and we're praising God. And I've done a whole uh, message just on that one word, and going through the Bible and, and looking at the different places where, where people lifted up their hands and praised to God. Don't be ashamed to do that. I know some of you come from church backgrounds where you were supposed to be a quiet little church mouse and not move, and if you moved at all, you're... Your mom or your dad would swat you. Stop that. That's not biblical. If anybody should be happy, it should be us. If anybody should be excited, it should be us. If anybody should have a heart to praise and give God thanks, it should be us. So let's be people that praise Using yada as a form of praise. Number six, zamar. It means to give thanks, and it means to give thanks with a musical instrument. So sometimes we think the only ones that are praying are the ones that have a mic in their hand. No. The ones that are on the keyboard, Becky, Carol, whoever's playing the keyboard, the, the guitar, Patrick in the back. Whatever they're playing, it is a praise to the Lord. There, there are times that I come into the church and, and one of our worship team will, will be here and they'll, they'll just be playing in, in Mitch's office or playing out in the hallway. Or I walked in the other day and there, there was one just sitting here playing the guitar. And he was just worshiping the Lord. He wasn't singing, but he was worshiping as he played the instrument for the Lord. Those are all different ways. But what I want you to see, finally, in, in seven is Shabbat, which means to give thanks in a loud tone. Sometimes this word is translated shout. 
shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Amen? There are times as a Christian we give God praise by shouting to Him. Now I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone today, and I'm going to ask you to join me, and on three, we're all going to give the Lord a shout. And let's all say hallelujah, okay? One, two, three, hallelujah! That's biblical. Church shouldn't be dead. Church is alive. Our God is alive. And He's worthy of our worship and our praise. What I want you to see that in every one of these seven words, there's a translation aspect of thanksgiving. So our praise and our worship is thanksgiving. It comes from the thanksgiving that God, that, that God went for what God has done in our lives. Because we recognize, Lord, I was a sinner. I was bound on drugs and alcohol or pornography. My life was a wreck. And I gave my life to you and you transformed my life. Hallelujah! I'm not ashamed of that. I'm thankful, Lord, for what you've done for me. Now, it's interesting. There's a verse in the Old Testament that four of these words are used in that one verse. It's Psalm 100, verse 4. All of us are familiar with this verse. It says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. But if we take that verse, the, the thanksgiving here is the word toda, meaning a thanksgiving choir. And the courts of praise is tehillah, meaning singing praises. Be thankful here is the Hebrew word yada, which means extending your hands to Him. And bless is Barak, which means bow before His name. So if you take these aspects of these words for praise, in the Hebrew, this is what you have. Enter into His gates with a thanksgiving choir. And into His courts with singing praises. Be thankful by extending your hands to Him and bless Him by bowing before His name. That's worship. That's an expression of the love that we should have for the Lord. He's telling us to express our love for Him. The Lord desires for all of us to show the love that we have for Him. Amen? The, the illustration I like to use is if I just provide for my family and I go to work, bring home the bacon, so to speak, but I never tell Melinda that I love her, do you think that she's going to be satisfied? No, she wants me to look her in the eye and tell her I love her. God is the same way. He, he, he wants us to be close to Him. He wants us to, to be expressive and to show our genuine love for Him. Why do so many people struggle with expressing love for God? Or in that, in that matter, love for other people? It's because our families are dysfunctional. Every family is dysfunctional. None of us are perfect. We're made up of flawed human beings. 
So our families are not what God intended for them to be in the beginning. We fall short. Even the best of our families, we fall short. But I've had so many people that have come to me and said, Pastor, it's hard for me to express my love for God as a father because my father wasn't loving towards me. I never heard my father speak the words, I love you. And many times they'll say, I know that he did love me, but he felt like he showed me love simply by giving us a roof over our head and giving us food and and clothing. And and that was his duty and and he showed us his love that way. But our, our, our families are dysfunctional when it comes to showing how much we love one another. And how much we love God. And it affects that. Mitch, I I know I haven't done this in a long time, but I want you to come here. I used to use him almost, growing up, he was my example in messages almost every Sunday. And I haven't done this in a long time, but I need, need him for today's. In Luke, when it talks about the prodigal son, We see the heart of God. We see the love of God. When the father's looking, he's looking in the distance. And when he sees the the sun coming in the horizon, what does he do? Does he say, I told you so. You messed up. You're in the pig pen of life. You're coming back broke. I told you so. No, he doesn't do that. What does he do? He sees him. He lights up. He runs and embraces him. He falls on his neck and he begins to kiss him. Then he puts a robe on him. He puts shoes, sandals on his feet. The robe covers. It was a full-length robe. It covers all the wounds, all the the pain of the past. He's totally new. He puts a ring on his finger. Say, son, you're back in the family business. You're going to have the authority of the family backing you. Amen. Amen? That's the picture. And church, we need to express love. You need to hug your, your family. I don't care if they're grown. You need to say, I love you. Because we're dysfunctional. Thank you. We're dysfunctional. Tell your mom or dad you love them. Tell your son and daughter you love them. Tell your husband and your wife, I love you. And you say, Pastor... Sometimes it's hard to love them. Sometimes it's hard to love you too. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to love them. Help me to show them, Lord. Help me to love them like you want me to love them. I pray that all the time. Lord, help me to show Melinda and my kids and my grandkids. Help me to love them like you want me to love them. But because we don't do that, we have a dysfunctional family and it makes it difficult for us to express our love for God. And we, we, we've, we've brought that into our churches where, where we're almost ashamed to show any expression of love for God. But yet we go to our favorite football game and we express our love for our football team and act like fools. We jump up and down on the couch watching the game 
Yeah, yeah. And we make a fool out of ourselves. Go, go, go. Yeah, touchdown. But when it comes to God, we won't sit there like a bump on a log. God's Word calls us to be excited about Him, to show the love that we have for Him. Amen? God the Father is not dysfunctional. Church, I want everybody to hear this. God's family is not dysfunctional. He is not a dysfunctional Father. He shows you how much He loves you. In fact, in Zephaniah 3, verse 17, I love this verse. It says, The Lord your God in your midst. He's right there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The Mighty One. There's nothing impossible for Him. He wants to show you His might. Then it says, We'll save. He is our Savior. Now listen to this. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And the word there, rejoice, in the Hebrew literally means to leap and to twirl while, the, while He's rejoicing. Now think about that. God leaps and He twirls and He loves you. He sings over you. That's how your Father loves you. We see it all through Scripture. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave us the greatest gift of love that we could ever receive in His Son. Look at verse 15. And one of them, the lepers, when he saw that he was healed turned with a loud voice, glorifying God. His gratitude comes from what? Why is he so thankful? He received a miracle. Amen? He received a miracle. Church, if you received that miracle, would you be thankful? Yes. When you receive miracles in your life today, all of us do. God intervenes. He shows us His mercy, His grace, and His love. Do you express your thanks to Him? His gratitude comes from experiencing a miracle. Leprosy was a disease. I want you to just think about this for just a moment. Leprosy, we all think about it as a disease that... that causes the skin to decay. And I don't want to gross anybody out today, but I want us to get a hold of this. Leprosy in the 1950s, they discovered, attacks the nerve endings first. It, it causes the nerves to, to be deadened, where the uh, leper can't feel anything. He, when he injures himself, hurts himself, it, 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 uh, he doesn't recognize it. He doesn't feel it. And so it was, it was compounded. It wasn't just that it decayed the skin, but if he, if he bruised himself, he wouldn't know it. He wouldn't feel it. And there would be a sore and he wouldn't even recognize it until it was festered and, and just getting worse and, and decaying. And in, in Jesus' time, it was even worse because lepers, they, they congregated together. They were separated from all the other people. And at night... They would literally experience rats coming in and eating their skin 
And they wouldn't wake up because they wouldn't realize it. They wouldn't feel it. But think about a leper. They would never hold their husband or wife again. They would never be able to go to their kids' ball games or see their kids' recitals. They would never be able to to take up their, their kids into their arms and hold them and hug them and kiss them. They wouldn't be able to hold a job. They were outcast. They couldn't come near society. In fact, it was against the law that we mentioned a while ago. They had to shout, unclean. And if they broke that law, they could receive the penalty of death. So they had lost everything in their life. They, they didn't have a family any longer. They didn't have a, a spouse. They, they couldn't come and, and, and enjoy groups of people. They couldn't come and fellowship like we are today. In church, God created us to fellowship. He didn't create you to be the Lone Ranger. You need a Tonto. You need somebody that's fellowshipping with you. You need friends. You need family. You need a church that that comes alongside you. And you come together. And you worship the Lord together. You give Him thanks and praise together. In fact, one of the, the most devastating things about the pandemic, church, is the fact that during this time, the suicide rates have increased substantially because people are isolated and alone. It's devastating. God created us. And those lepers were separated. The only fellowship they could have was with other lepers. And so you see the gratefulness of this guy's heart. He was was transformed. He had leprosy. And he comes and cries, mercy, mercy. Have mercy on me, Master. And what what I want us to see is something very, very powerful. I want you to look at this. This is, this is amazing. In this passage, when he's, he's coming and Jesus, he's crying out for mercy. Look at verse 14. This is what Jesus says to them. So when He saw them, He said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that, listen to this, as they went, they were cleansed. That is powerful, church. It's a spiritual principle that we need to understand. They came to Jesus. They were looking into Jesus. And He says, go show yourselves to the priest. They could have said, well, what? we have leprosy. We can't. It's against the law. Right? It didn't make sense to them. Yet they were obedient. Everybody say obedient. Obedience positions you to receive a miracle from the Lord. 
Don't ever forget that. If you need a miracle, position yourself for a miracle to come into your life by being obedient to the Word of God, by being obedient to the still, small voice of God that speaks to you. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. This didn't make sense. Why should we go to the priest? It's it's illegal. They're going to kill us. We can't go to the priest unless we're healed. They weren't healed until they took those steps of obedience and began to go to the priest. And as they went to the priest and were obedient, guess what? All of a sudden, they, they recognized that the leprosy's gone and they're made whole. Hallelujah! <laughs> and and the, the one Samaritan, he gets all excited and, he, and instead of going to the priest, he runs back to Jesus, falls at his feet, gets, and gives God loud praise and glory and thanks. Yes. Amen. Now, how many of you would you think you'd respond that way if God healed you of leprosy? Anybody, would you respond that way? I think every one of us would. I'd want to think I would anyway. But listen to this, church. You did have leprosy. Spiritual leprosy. It's sin in your life. You were bound by sin. And Jesus came and set you free. You say, well, pastor, Jesus was right there. It would be easy if if Jesus... I was standing before Jesus like that leper. Yes, I'd get loud. I'd praise God. I'd give Him thanks. I'd glorify God. I'd bow down before Him. Guess what? Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in My name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus is with us every time we gather together. And we should come like that leper, glorifying and thanking Him. Because we had... Sin, we had leprosy, and Jesus cleansed us and set us free. And I want to challenge you today, church, if there's something in your life and you need a miracle from God, how do you get ready? How do you position yourself to receive a miracle from God? By getting into the Word of God, by listening to the Word of God, by reading the Word of God, and being obedient. And when God asks you to do something silly in that still small voice, and you think, well, that's silly, but I know it's God speaking to me, be obedient. There was a pastor named Jim Morrison in Grand Prairie, Texas, and he's actually related to me. He uh, married a Michener, he married my dad's cousin. And they pastored in Grand Prairie, Texas. And he, he tells a story about a man that came into his Sunday school class and he said, I have a testimony and I want to testify. And the man began to tell him that, he said, years ago I was struggling and I didn't have a job. And I was praying, Lord, give me a job. I need a job. I need to take care of my family. I need to be able to pay my rent and pay the bills, you know. And he was just praying, Lord, open the right door. I, want, I need a good job. And while he was praying, the Lord spoke to him in that still small voice and told him, go build a sawhorse. Well, the guy was a carpenter. 
But he said, Lord, I don't understand. Build a sawhorse. I don't need a sawhorse. I need a job. But he knew that the Lord had spoken to him. And so he got all the materials and out of the garage and took them into the front yard. And he began to build a sawhorse. And, and he put it together. And, and he got it finished. And all of a sudden, somebody was driving down the street. And the man saw him and saw him standing there at the sawhorse. And the man pulls over and he says, Hey, are you a carpenter? And he said, Well, yes, I am. And he said, Well, I am need of a carpenter. I've got a job for you. So the obedience of something that he thought was silly was God's plan. Obedience will lead you to experiencing the miracle of God. And the, the, the greater thing than that was in this Sunday school class, he gives this testimony and he says, and from that day on, I have never lacked for a job. God has always provided a job for me. I've never been without a job. Obedience positions you to experience the miracles of God. Will you stand with me? Mitch, will you come in the worship team? I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes and I want you just to speak to the Lord and ask the Lord what He, what he wants to speak to you through His Word today. What does He want you to highlight? What does He want you to apply in your life from what we've studied today about the lepers? Because God will speak to you. Some of you may need a miracle today. You need to position yourself through obedience. Because obedience positions you for a miracle. And when you receive a miracle, gratitude comes into your life. And then worship, it will lead you to be a worshiper like God wants us to. Lord, I just pray for everyone here that Your Word today would stir their hearts. Lord, that the story of these lepers and how that the One came back and glorified You and praised You and thanked You. Lord, we want to be like that leper. Because spiritually, all of us have had leprosy. All of us have been bound by sin. And Lord, You're the one that set us free. And Lord, if there are those right now that are in a battle, maybe the enemy's trying to trick them and trap them and bring them down. Lord, I just pray that they would just determine their hearts to be obedient to You. That they can receive the miracle. Lord, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for every person that watches online from other parts of the world. 
I'm thankful for those that are watching online right here in town. I'm thankful for those that are here. And Lord, I pray that we would not be dysfunctional when it comes to expressing our love for God. That we would truly have a heart that is thankful. Lord, as this Thursday we gather together with family or friends, we gather to enjoy, Lord, wonderful food, wonderful fellowship, maybe a football game. Lord, let us not forget to be thankful to You and for what You've done for us. Lord, give us thankful hearts and help us to express our love for You. In Jesus' name, Amen.